This is episode number 192 with John Spencer Ellis. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. And each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Success 101 podcast, recently rated one of the top 20 entrepreneur podcasts to listen to in 2018 by CIO Magazine. Certainly, certainly grateful to get that after all the hard work that's been put in. And you guys make it happen. I've said many times before, I can get behind a microphone and record lots of great content. But if you guys aren't listening, if you're not downloading, if you're not giving me your thoughts on what can make this podcast better constantly, then this thing goes nowhere. So thank you so very much for your support, for your downloads. The podcast has now been heard in 135 countries the last time I checked, and it's just going to keep getting better with your support. So thank you so very much. Guys, I wanted to mention again that my book, From Success to Significance, the strategy manual for helping you guys create an incredible vision to absolutely crush your goals for 2018, is still available by my team for just the shipping cost. We wanted to offer this to you guys in the U.S. at just the shipping cost. Just head to success101podcast.com forward slash book. If you're in the United States, grab the paperback version by putting success101 in the coupon or promo code. That'll be available to you for just the shipping cost. Again, if you're international outside of the U.S., for many of you tuning in out there, click the ebook reader version. I can't wait for you guys to dive into the six vision building exercises, the five components for creating your strategy, and really digging into this workbook to expand your mind on everything from self-image and self-development, what type of legacy you want to lead, going through the highlight reel, going through the 2B list, going through the five components for creating a bigger strategy than maybe you guys have ever had before. My goal with this thing was to help you think outside the box, and the comments have been awesome for you guys who have gone through this. I had a comment the other day from someone in England who said that they're going through it for the third time because each time they go through it, they're learning so much more. So again, head to success101podcast.com forward slash book. For those of you in the U.S., grab the paperback version by entering success101 in the promo code or internationally by grabbing the ebook reader. I'm getting more and more of you guys out there talking about Ample that really, guys, is the game changer for my peak performance each day. I grab my Ample drink each morning, I throw a little bit of milk into it, shake it up, and I am out the door. The ingredients are just amazing. These ingredients are from all over the world that you can't find at your local market or online. And even if you did have those ingredients, you would have to chop and blend and process. Take all the hassle out of it, guys. Just grab your bottle each morning, throw a little bit of milk into it. It's got high quality fats, clean burning carbohydrates, probiotics, prebiotics, and some of the greatest ingredients from around the world to keep your brain and body rocking and getting your day off to a quick start. And I can't stop talking about this awesome product from Ample. Here's what I want you guys to do. Grab 15% off of your order by heading to success101podcast.com forward slash Ample. That's A-M-P-L-E. And at checkout, enter success101 in the promo code. You're going to snag 15% off of your 400 
or 600 calorie shake. And I've loved the reviews that you guys have sent out about how Ample has been a game changer for you on your pursuit to peak performance, just as it has for me. Now, on to our incredible show today with my good friend, John Spencer Ellis. Guys, I won't go into too much of the detail here because I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. I want the episode to speak for itself today, but this was a super fun episode. And when I say fun, I mean very engaging, lots of takeaways from this episode today, really centered around a peak performance message, which as you guys know, I always strive to bring to you. John, welcome to the Success 101 podcast. So excited to have you here. How are things today, buddy? It's going great. I got my workout done. Just had uh, some food. I'm fired up, ready to go. Awesome. I could not wait to get you on the podcast. We had some mutual connections, get us together. And your message is one that I think the listeners of the Success 101 podcast are going to gravitate very closely toward and and really resonate with. Uh, I know you are super focused and disciplined into making your body rock and your mind rock throughout the day toward peak performance. Why don't we start with how you really started understanding the the mind and body connection when it came to performance? Where did you first start learning about that and how did it start changing your life to where you are today? You know, it's funny. I, I, and if you ask 10 different experts, they'll probably give you 10 different answers. I think it's always been there. And perhaps when we were younger, we actually paid attention to it more. And then through outside influence, perhaps misdirected, we learn to choose to ignore the signals our body gives us. Um, And how I learned about it was watching the Olympics with my dad on TV, you know, the summer and the winter Olympics and watching them and learning about this sports psychology and all that. And then learning philosophy from Bruce Lee when I was a kid. And oh, really? Oh, yeah. He was a huge influence on my life. Oh, you know, old school Tony Robbins and, you know, Think and Grow Rich and, you know, old Brian Tracy stuff. And absolutely a, a combination of all that. Plus, before I did the Ironman triathlon, watching the people do the Ironman and just realizing how ridiculous it was, but yet how ridiculously awesome uh, it is to accomplish something like that because your life is forever changed for the better, as long as you stay healthy, of course. So that, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a more metamorphosis over time. A lot of study, a lot of practice. Uh, I have a lot of coaches, mentors. I do a lot of research and I ask a lot of questions and I know I don't have all the answers, so I continue to seek them. And hopefully, you know, today I'm wiser than I was yesterday, but not as wise as tomorrow. And I know you are just, a, you know, for lack of better words here, you are a student of learning and a student of life. You read about 200 books a year, if I remember correctly, from some of the things I've read on you. And you really have used martial arts to create a good foundation in your life and business. As I mentioned, we are not born to really understand how the mind works, the mind-body connection, positive talk, focus, self-control, those sort of things, which, again, to me, was all just hey, get up and work, put those foolish feelings behind you because feelings are going to get in the way. When you started watching the Olympics and you started you know, viewing that with your dad and Bruce Lee, those sort of things, what, what did you really start to take away from that that you thought, you know what, before the triathlon or the Ironman, before all of that, I think there's something here that's going to improve my life. How did you really start that journey toward the mindset and, and on into the martial arts? But you had to have a starting point, right? Where did you really right. start to implement that in your own life? Well, I'm going to go back just one quick second. You know, those people that tell you to put it behind you and just work and stuff like that, they're probably dead or broke or dead broke or unhealthy or unsatisfied. Hard work is good, but intelligent work is better. But as far as, you know, like how, how I learned it's important or when, in, when I started the practice, it, it's just evolved. I, I was always 
as a kid and even now fascinated with how far we can go as humans. You know, whether it's a Cirque du Soleil contortionist or a uh, someone who, who's really good at parkour or was free running, if you guys aren't familiar with that, like uh, urban gymnastics. Right. Um, or, you know, American Ninja Warrior or I work with and have a lot of friends in the UFC and um, th- their athleticism and their uh, their ability. You think, you know, you're good because, you know, you train in martial arts at the corner school for three years and you can do okay in a street fight against someone who's drunk and doesn't have any training. But then then you, you have uh, an experience uh, with someone who fights in the UFC and you train with them and you spar with them, even light. And you just realize, you know, there's, as they say, there's levels to this. It's all that realizing that we don't know and realizing that the more I learn, the more I don't know. And, and what I guess what drives me crazy, and it still does today, and that's probably something I need to work through, <laughs> my, my, my own shortcomings, is that I get frustrated with people who think they have the answers and they're emphatic about it. And then they influence poorly other people with horrific input and advice and coaching when they really don't know. And then we get this cascading effect of more people thinking they know, but they don't know. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. I know I don't. That's why I have the quest for more knowledge. And that's why I have 10 coaches myself for every discipline in my life, for everything that I do, for every major task I want to accomplish, I have a coach. Because I want to shortcut success. I want to compress time. I want to get to the finish line faster and have more energy left over and have a better result when I get there. John, let me take a step back here. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. If someone's hearing this and they say, man, I've been uh, either thinking of getting a coach and you know spending the money on it, because obviously I'm, there's not too many people out there nowadays who really want and seek after learning that, that would say that's a foolish thing. I mean, everybody wants to invest in themselves and get a coach, or maybe they have one coach. If somebody says, mm-hmm. why... 10. Why, you know, isn't that too much noise? Isn't that too many, you know, too many cuts in the no. kitchen? Think about this. So we, we talked a little bit about the martial arts. So like I'm testing for my third black belt day after tomorrow. And this particular one's in Taekwondo. The other ones are in ninjutsu and Kung Fu, but I've also done Krav Maga, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, karate, and um, some other things as well. But, but those are the, you know, I have, I've done all these different things, but like my Krav Maga instructor does some ground fighting, but he's not an expert at all in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And my Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, he's incredible, fourth degree, fourth stripe, black belt, but I can beat him in a kickboxing fight. I need to have a, and then my Muay Thai coach is a seven-time national Muay Thai champion, but he didn't know how to do spinning kicks, wheel kicks, hook kicks, stuff like that. So I hired a fourth degree master in Taekwondo who was an instructor of the Korean military to teach me Taekwondo. So now I can fight at all these different ranges. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. I was thinking more along the lines of my mind was going down the track of like business coaches or life coaches. That's those sort of things. So that's a great thing though. But, and, and I, I will bring this full circle, I promise you. So like I have a, an overall like life mentor. It's actually a husband and wife, Alan Marilyn Sargent. And it's their brain training work that has helped me break through some of the biggest challenges and decisions I've had in my life. And so I kind of go through their process as a litmus test to determine if something is truly in my best interest and will serve me now and in the future. And is it, is it useful to me? So I go through their process for that, for anything. But then, so as an example, I hired my buddy, Scott Rockcliffe, who is an expert in Facebook ads. And Peter Parks is a, a Facebook ad. Chris Recker is a Facebook ad expert. They're all my coaches for that. They're experts, world-class experts in Facebook advertising. I have another coach for e-commerce. 
Uh, I have another uh, person who I have a financial coach, and a financial planner and a, a certified public accountant. And then I have my attorney is my legal coach. Every person has a different skill set and it's hard to be really good at everything. Going back to mixed martial arts as the example, they're pretty awesome at everything, but very few of them are absolutely world class at any one discipline. And I think Connor proved that when he tried to get in the ring with Mayweather. Oh, absolutely. It was fun. It was entertaining. He did pretty darn well, but the outcome was about as I figured. But it was still a brilliant sports marketing event. Yeah, he did way better than I thought he would. I mean, just that shows his athleticism. You could see that he got outclassed, even though he is world, a world class athlete. And, the, and a great example of why you need a specialist, think about it like this. I did the Ironman triathlon many, many years ago, back in 93, I did the Ironman. And so like, let's just say that you took a world champion Ironman triathlete who won in Kona and they're brilliant. Their, their level of athleticism is just stupid. It was just, it's just insane. But you put them up against Michael Phelps in a 500 free. They're going to get destroyed. Right. Destroyed. It won't even be close. It's kind of like that. You want to learn from the best and have a coach that is world-class in what you want to accomplish because it shortcuts, it shortcuts success. Also, you know what you're learning is probably the best because they're the best. You don't have to go back and say, well, you know what? I wonder if they taught me crappy technique. I, I wonder if that really is the way it works. Well, this person is the best in the world, says blank, blank, blank. So who is to say that they're not really good? They're, you know, their reputation precedes them. It entered the room before they did. When you hire people who are world-class, you get closer to world-class. You may not reach it, but you get closer to it faster than you would if you're to work with a bunch of people with moderate level skills. It's worth the investment because how much is your time worth? What would you say to the person out there? Let's go to different spectrums here. Someone who's younger tuning into the podcast, maybe in their 20s, who hasn't built up a tremendous amount of wealth yet, can't go hire world-class yeah. people or someone who has built some wealth Right. but is looking to make a new life change, where would you suggest, and I know this is a trick question because it's different for everybody, but where would you suggest that they start? Because obviously you started somewhere and then started surrounding yourself with more and more of those world-class right. people. Well, find out who's world-class and start with their podcast, their books, their downloads, and their free training on their website. Go to their YouTube channel, figure out who's world-class and what you need to learn, get all the free information first, and then make the investment in invest in their programs, products, service, or coaching, and then move on from there. I think you hit the nail on the head there too, is start with the free stuff and then make the investment. What I find many times, whether it's my right. private coaching clients or my financial planning clients, is they, they take, I mean, it's human nature, right? You take the free stuff, but then they should have long ago made the investment and they're still hanging on to all the free stuff. So you've got to make sure that you're disciplined enough to say, okay, I started with the free stuff. I've been doing this for a while, but at some point I've got to make that leap to hire. And I feel like most people hire too slowly when it comes to coaches and surrounding themselves with great people. As, as soon as you know you have the right coach, then hire and make the investment. I literally, no matter what I want to learn, I don't want to waste my time. My, my time is too important to me. And also you will find that pe the more successful people are, the more they value their time. It, there's a direct linear relationship with very few exceptions. So I know nothing about martial arts, but I've been trying to talk to my wife about letting our kids get into martial arts or you know, karate or something like that. They may still be too young, but I know you, as we've talked a little bit about here already, you heavily subscribe to training in martial arts, being coached that way. 
Why do you feel like that's such a crucial path for your life? Why does it work for you? Why do you think it would be good for adults yeah. or kids to try? Well, let me ask you real quick. How old are your kids? The two that would be that I would put in there would be uh, five and four. Uh, usually they'll start around five or six or seven. It depends on the art. But look, as far as martial arts, you know, I've done seven different martial arts over 20 years. And, you know, there's certainly people better than me and there's certain, certainly people who can beat me up. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not under any false illusion. Have you done it competitively or you just... I competed in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships and I also complete, competed in some small um, Kung Fu tournaments when I did Kung Fu as well. But, you know, I, you know, I'm almost 50 now and I still do really, really well. My boxing and kickboxing is actually better than it's ever been, which is crazy. But I just, I don't have the desire to like cut weight again and do all that stuff. It's just, it, it, that takes the fun out of it for me at this point in my life. But like if some, if some idiot tried to talk crap to my wife and, and we're in a parking lot somewhere, yeah, I would own him. But, but I'm not going to go look for a fight. And I don't want to cut weight and I don't want to do all that stuff anymore. It's, but, but it's nice to be able to take care of yourself and your family and be in good shape and, and, and the other attributes that come with it. But I, I am honestly like the last person to go look for trouble. And, and the thing is, when you do martial arts that much for those many years and you work with all these people, you know that just about anything can happen. You've seen anything happen in the UFC that surprises you. You're like, oh, my gosh, how did this person do that? What happened? Right. That's the way. And, and on the street, it's even more like that, because what if someone had a cocktail? It was a dark alley. The other person used a club like you just don't know. So that's why it's good to shut up, be nice to people and keep your distance. I mean, honestly, I mean, no, look, as far as martial arts for let's start with kids. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Everyone should put their kids in martial arts. Now, the the debate, it will be a debate. What which one do I do? This one's better for self-defense and this one's better for ground fighting. And, this, and, and there is truth to that. One hundred percent. So real quick, real general, best hands, probably Western boxing. Best stand-up boxing or, or fighting skills, probably Muay Thai. Best uh, ground fighting, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And there's exceptions to everything, but fundamentally, that's it. If you want like a women's self-defense program, probably Krav Maga would be very good with some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for ground fighting. But for kids, here, here's why you want kids to do martial arts. Discipline, honor, courage, respect, flexibility, patience. They learn mental and physical flexibility. They learn how to be patient while they learn new skills. They learn how to build upon the previous days, weeks, and months lessons. And it also just builds overall life skills and confidence. And all martial arts will do that, all of them. But some martial arts are fundamentally better than others. I've done enough of them for over 20 years. I can tell you that's the fact. That's why you see some of the fundamental things over and over again winning competitions. Um, however, sometimes it's good to experiment and try some different things and learn different skills. And, and the reason I do so many different martial arts now is because each one stresses my body differently. And so while I'm training now for the last month, all I've done is Taekwondo because I'm testing for my black belt in 48 hours. But and I, I wanted to eliminate everything else. I could really hone in on that. But for the most part, I do a different art each day of the week because it stresses my body differently. It changes, it ch stresses my mind differently. And then I get to mentally and physically recover from that previous day's stress by still exercising, but having different stressors. So I don't overdo and overuse the same thing over and over. And I'm assuming you're doing a ton of, I don't know if it's uh, yoga or just deep stretching, but in maybe your quote unquote off days or whatever, I'm, I'm sure you're doing a ton of that. Uh, yeah. You know, like uh, yesterday I got a two hour massage and, um, and some of that is just to prep for my test. So I feel good and my joints are loose. I, I go to the, I go to the chiropractor. I'm a huge advocate of chiropractic care as part of health maintenance, especially if you're an athlete. 
Uh, people say they don't believe in chiropractic. Remember, you don't have to. It's not a religion. It's a form of alternative health care. It's probably the most polarizing, one of the most polarizing topics I've ever talked to people about. People don't understand. Here, here, let me, let me, I do understand it well. I really do. Because one of my previous life's was, life was a, a radiological technologist. And I'm also a massage therapist and an exercise therapist. And I worked in urgent care, uh, emergency medicine, uh, oncology, family practice, chiropractics. So I truly do have a, a good understanding of it. And what I'm telling you is this, there are good and bad chiropractors. There are good and bad heart surgeons. I've seen, I've seen obesity doctors who are fat. <laughs> like, and I've seen heart surgeons who smoke cigarettes. And it's stupid, but it's true. So look, chiropractic is a tool. If they, if they say, you don't need Western medicine, I'll cure your brain cancer. That, that person's an idiot. But if you, if you know you don't have any particular trauma that needs orthopedic care, but you're just like sore, you're, you have straightening of your cervical lordosis, you know, your neck is straightened or it's reversed, or your hip is a little out or whatever, these are the things that chiropractic cures and, and, and fixes very easily. And it is, I don't know any world-class athlete who doesn't use chiropractic as part of their health maintenance. It is critical. And there's no way, I'm almost 50, and to have done the Ironman and earn rank in six different martial arts, the earning my third black belt and doing adventure racing and all these different things and still competing at a very high level, I couldn't do it without chiropractic because my body would be so jacked up. And I'm just telling you, it's the truth. Now, massage is also really helpful. Also, ART, active release technique or active release therapy, they call it. Uh, a lot of chiropractors and massage therapists and physical therapists do that. That is also a very good soft tissue modality. But corrective exercise is good, too. So I'm going a little bit astray, but this is really important for you guys because I see so many people, guys my age and women, too, who get broken down and their bodies don't function right. And they go, yeah, it's just old age. And I'm thinking that is BS. Like they go, oh, my right knee is killing me. It's old age. And I'm like, well, how old's your left knee? It's not any younger, any older. That's nonsense. It's BS. It's from a reoccurring, non-symmetrical, sometimes traumatic, acute or chronic condition. Like if you always stand in one spot, if you always pull in a certain way, if you always open the door a certain way, if you always hold your kid on your hip a certain way, um, if you always push the lawnmower a certain way, if you always have your wallet and it tips your pelvis because it's in your back pocket, like George Costanza in the old <laughs> Seinfeld episode. <laughs> I'm serious, if you guys remember that. These are the things that cause non-symmetry and chronic musculoskeletal disorders and, and non-symmetry over time, that's when you see the old person, their shoulders all jacked up and they kind of lean sideways and they could drag in one foot and stuff like that. Very seldom does it have to do with specifically age. It is not correcting the underlying structural damage from chronic injury or they, or someone goes, yeah, you know, I broke my collarbone, but their shoulders all dropped, you know, like one shoulder's way lower than the other one. They just get a suit with a big pad in the shoulder. They go, it's fixed. Cause now my shoulders look even in a picture. No, like you probably have, um, the glenohumeral joint, the, the ball and socket of your shoulder is probably jacked up or compressed, or maybe the, the muscles around your scapula, your shoulder blade are chronically uh, taut. Like I have, I, I got hit by a car when I was racing bicycles. And I, I have slight straightening of my neck. And, and also people always jutting their head forward, being on a computer on their phone and stuff like that. And it just looks like their head is like going forward like a giraffe. That is a chronic condition because of lifestyle and choices and habitual behavior. It has nothing to do with age.
It's it's people. They're just saying nonsense because they heard someone else say it. Right. And then they, when they say that, they also you if you say it's old age, then you also would have to believe that there's nothing you can do about it because you're going right. to get older. A, a time only moves in one direction. You continue to age in one direction. So you can slow it down. You can compress the bad part, but you can't reverse it. That's not the way it works. That's, that's against nature. So the lesson here is to listen to your body. When something's jacked up, fix it. Go to a chiropractor, go to a podiatrist, see an orthopedist. Although sometimes orthopedists want a new Mercedes and they're not going to let you go to a chiropractor because they don't understand it because they didn't go to chiropractic college and they don't want you to go. But, you know, there's only two things that Western medicine can do. They can give you drugs or they can uh, cut you open. That is very seldom necessary. You you know that almost 90% of the reason people go to a primary care physician are lifestyle-related issues? 90%, which means that it's related to smoking, drinking, poor sleep, bad posture, stupid habitual behavior that compromises who you are as a human on every level. And it's so easy to reduce it or eliminate it, and it blows my mind that the dumb crap that people do over and over again, and then they wonder why their life and their body is a mess. It blows my mind. And then what's funny too is, and I'm being a little facetious here, but I, I, I swear to you, this is true. I'll be 49 in a month. So I'm close to 50. When everyone says, well, wait till you get 30, John, it's going to change. I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's not going to change. I'm still going to rock this every day. I may have to modify it because I'm being intelligent because I'm getting feedback from my body, but I'm, I'm not going to quit. It's not going to change. I'm not going away. You know, none of that stuff. I know it's a bit of a tangent, but it's a pet peeve of mine because you guys, listen, most people get it wrong. Most people are broke or dead broke or dead too early in their life. Most people have poor posture, compromised health, and a bank account that's not nearly as full as it needs to be to live out the rest of their years in style. So don't follow conventional wisdom because most people are not living optimally. They're not. So sometimes good, good intentioned people, often related to you can give you really horrific input and advice. That's why you need to consult world-class people. And one thing that's really important for all of this is you need to change the conversations that you're having. If you are having conversations with people that are disempowering or limiting or redundant or non-inspiring, please stay away from those people. They will, they, they will kill you slowly and painfully. Amen. You can't do that. If you're, if you're, around coworkers, as an example, and all they do is gripe and complain and bitch and whine and, and they want to file a grievance and a complaint and things are unfair and this person got that and rich people are greedy and uh, the government's bad and our, tr- our, our I was going to say our Trump, our, our president's an idiot. Well, so we, could, we might all be, <laughs> all be able to agree that he says some things he shouldn't. The point is, if you don't get involved in all that stuff, it's, I literally have not watched the news in a year. You know what? I didn't miss a darn thing. I know that Kim Jong-un is a little bit weird. I know it's probably a concern. And I know if anyone pushes a button, I can't stop them from pushing a button. So I'm going to keep rocking it every day. And I'm so much happier. And I watch I Love Lucy for 30 minutes every morning and laugh my butt off. And I'm none the wiser about anything else. And guess what? I'm happier. I have more free time. I smile and laugh more. And I wouldn't have any influence or input on the outcome of any decision our government or any other government makes, period. So why bother? Why be concerned? When you create your own destiny, when you create your own economy, when you create your own ecosphere because of your choices, 
none of that becomes really important to you. Like you said, hey, I'm going off on a tangent, whatever. I think all of this stuff is what people need to be hearing. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's like people are not doing this and this and this and this like they want to be. So don't do what all of those people are doing. And chiropractors or mindset stuff, you know, you and I have both had things where it's like, hey, people are saying some weird things about that or whatever, but we got to do what we got to do to keep moving forward. I would love to talk about, because I know we're going to run out of time here if we don't, I'd love to talk about your focus around the balance. And what I mean by that is the balance of our brains and training our brains Mm -hmm. to operate properly, even to the point that I've heard you mention before that we can diminish or severely diminish Alzheimer's risk. What is that about as far as wiring the sides of our brains and how do you use that in your peak performance? So there's two aspects to this. One is understanding how each hemisphere of your brain makes decisions and how you can optimize that and also cross-reference the opposite hemisphere. And the other is to do different things to improve your brain's function for peak performance now and longevity and decreasing cognitive decline later. So first, we have two hemispheres of our brain. They do work together, but sometimes not optimally. So it creates the beliefs around an event and associates different emotions, colors, sensations, pictures, sights and sounds and smells with that event. And each hemisphere of your brain, because one tends to be a little more logical and linear and the other one a little more creative and imaginative and and nonlinear, organic, each one interprets and, and encodes the event differently. And sometimes the image that you have when you recall that event or you associate things with that event may not be the optimal image. You may be grabbing the image from the hemisphere with an image that doesn't serve you best. So if you had a bad childhood experience, but you're always viewing it a certain way because predominantly or sequentially, sequentially, you're getting the information from, let's just say, your left hemisphere first. Uh, Well, that may not be the image that serves you best, that gives you the resources and the empowerment you need to do X. Right. But until, until you go through certain processes and learn how to appropriately use each hemisphere and cross-reference them to get a balanced perspective, sometimes you are held back because it's kind of like if you don't override an old software pattern or like an old cassette tape, you guys remember those, uh, when you could override an old song and create a new song on the same tape, the same is true with your brain, but you have to go through a process which allows you to override the old memory and create a new, better one. And sometimes that is as simple as referencing the other hemisphere's perspective of the same event. And that is called hemispheric integration. And uh, the process, that particular process is called anchors away because an anchor is like what you reference and it holds you back or holds you in place. But you can have an anchor on each side. And until you release each anchor, or at least look at what is associated with each anchor, you may not have the correct perspective on an event to make future decisions optimally. Does that make sense? No, yeah, absolutely. And what what mind training techniques, I mean, you mentioned the anchors away, what mind training techniques are you doing in addition to all of the martial arts disciplines that you have going on? Kind of in your refresh or recharge time, what are you using? When I said I had my two life mentors, Alan, Marilyn, Sargent, they're the ones who developed that process. Some of it is rooted in NLP, but very little, very little, because some people view NLP almost culty or as a religion, which is horrible. And it just is, it's a tool, it's a resource, it's effective. Some people use it effectively. Some people use it to manipulate others. Not cool, but that's what happens sometimes. So I, you know, they, they are, they are the authors of our life strategies coaching program at the Spencer Institute. And that's how we teach other coaches how to facilitate that process. Um, But as far as what do I do 
on a on a regular basis, I uh, do some form of meditation every day. Uh, sometimes it's a moving meditation, uh, like a contemplative walk. Sometimes it's silent meditation. Sometimes I do it in my martial arts training, like before or after. Sometimes my instructor guides me. Sometimes I do it on my own. And so I, I have different disciplines and practices. I, and it just depends what serves me best. Sometimes it's just breath work too. You know, that's, that's another form of meditation is just doing the breath work. And so I, I do that. Um, and as far as mental training, I have a, a newer friend named Naveen Jain, and he's a self-made billionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Doing incredible things. Brilliant man. Came to the United States with $10, didn't speak the language. Now he's formed seven companies. He's extending human life 50 years and his other company is going to the moon. And uh, it's a true story. It sounds insane, but it's yeah, true. No, absolutely. His, his story is awesome. What he reminded me of, and I thought this was so important because he, it, it's, it's ironic that he and I get asked this, similar questions, except about going to the moon, of course. Um, I don't get asked those questions. <laughs> you know, what is your daily rituals? What are your daily behaviors? And what he says, and he was kidding, he's giving the guy a hard time in this group. He goes, gosh, I hate that question. He says, I wish people wouldn't ask that. What people should be asking is what do I think and believe every day? Because what I think and believe determines my actions, rituals, and behaviors. It precedes it. People are concerned about the, the rituals and behaviors and the actions, but they don't ask what you have to think first to have those rituals, behaviors, and actions. It's kind of like saying, I just want to go fast in the car, but you don't know how to drive it. You have, you have to ask yourself the right questions. And when you also, when you hang out with those bad people we talked about, the people who may mean well, but are kind of clueless and don't inspire you, or they're just negative, that disallows your brain from coming up with creative solutions because all you hear is their nonsense. But when you surround yourself with brilliant, kind, loving, thoughtful, giving, people with lots of wisdom and a willingness to share and learn. That's when you learn to ask yourself better questions. And then when you ask yourself better questions, you have different behaviors and beliefs. And then those behaviors and beliefs are the things that create your daily rituals. Yeah, that's so key. Starting off in on the right position, the right starting point. Yep. John Spencer Ellis, thanks so much for your time here today. I'd love to ask you one last question here before we wrap up the podcast. What are you really, I don't know if the word is is chasing after or what are you really hungry for these days? What is your kind of primary aim right now? What are you working on? Uh, really, it's on. It's life simplification. So for me, I, I will continue to train martial arts. I have for you know a couple of decades. I love it. I'm still improving. Uh, but I'm probably done testing for for belts. <laughs> I, I I just you know I have six belts. I I don't need any more. You know it's, I don't I don't have anything to prove. I was just so close to this that I I was I was thinking about stopping like six months ago and just train and not worry about the belt test. And um, now I just say you know what I'm just gonna I was so close. I'm like I got to just do it because I don't want to have anything incomplete like that. It just doesn't feel good. But now I'll have it. That's great. It's done. I can continue to train, continue to learn, continue to be a student, continue to improve. But I don't have to test myself with anything like that now. I'm good. So simplification and not having stressors, which before were something I strived for and I didn't perceive them as stressors. Now, at this point in my life, I do think of it as a stressor and I don't want it. I want simplification. My, my business is growing, the revenue is growing, but the size of my business is actually shrinking, meaning there's fewer moving parts, fewer people, less stress, uh, less uncertainty. 
uh, fewer variables. More efficiency, it sounds like. Efficiency, yeah, more automation, uh, greater reach and better discipline in everything that we do. And some of that comes with time. You know, when you're younger, you can hustle longer and what what drives you and what you believe is different. And that's good because that's why there's a bunch of young people just crushing it right now. But you right. also get to a certain point and you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna be really smart about this instead. And because I've done all the hard work and because I've learned so much, I'll probably be able to produce even more work and get a better result. But when you're younger, you have to go through the learning process. When you're younger, you say yes to everything. You should just about, you know, as long as it's not going to hurt you or anyone else. And then later you say no to more things. And the more things you say no to, the better you are. When you're younger, the more things you say yes to, the better you are. Really interesting. And then and there becomes a shift and it's not def a definitive switch. It kind of fades. There's, some, uh, there's a gray zone in there. Uh, and I'll leave you with this, is that uh, in the first half of your life, you collect, and in the second half of your life, you edit. Oh, that's great. Great advice. Where can we steer more people your way to put a spotlight on you, the work you're doing? Where can people find out more about you online or social media or anywhere that you're posted up out there? Um, they can go to my website, johnspencerellis.com. Just like it sounds, if you screw it up, Google will correct you, johnspencerellis.com. I have a podcast. I have a bunch of free video training. I have some great new entrepreneur training coming out. And then if you're a trainer or a coach in any capacity, I have schools that educate you and do business development for you. And all that is available on my website, johnspencerellis.com. Guys, I loved having John on the podcast today and hope you took a ton away from his peak performance message of how to absolutely crush the day and create a vision for the person you want to be, both mentally and physically. If you guys would like to connect directly with me, please shoot my team an email at info at success101podcast.com or you can catch me in the world of social media on Twitter under the name Warren Jared, on Instagram at success101podcast or check out the podcast over on the Facebook Success 101 community page. And one of the greatest things during the week, guys, is getting to open the mailbag to hear from you. So please keep sending in your thoughts and your comments as we continue to strive toward higher levels of peak performance together. I'll catch you guys on another awesome episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then. Mm -hmm.